Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. Hey, good morning, PCC. Go ahead and take a seat. If I have not had the chance of meeting you yet, my name is Jonathan. I'm the high school pastor here on staff. Wow. Oh, I like this. This is exciting. This is very different than last time, but I'm like, I think I'm for it, you know? Um, Well, I'm just so honored just to be with you this morning. If you're joining us for the first time, if you're online, um, and you just maybe are unaware of what the Advent season is, we are week two in our Advent series where we get the chance just to come both as individuals, but as a community and say, hey, we are going to prepare our minds, we're going to prepare our hearts, we're going to just prepare ourselves for the reality that we are going to be celebrating the birth of Jesus. And this time is not something that we want to take lightly, but we really want to be able to come together as a community and say, hey, Jesus changed the world the day he was born. And we want to celebrate that. And we want to understand what that means and how it's going to impact us, impact our city. And so I'm excited just to be in this Advent season with you all. Uh, As you might have uh, seen or if you haven't, we are kind of doing that by looking at some of these foundational themes within Advent, but also looking at these Christmas carols that we just sing every year. And every year these Christmas carols come up and there's always a big debate on when you start listening to Christmas music and when you don't, but it's a thing. And once we start singing them, it's something that just binds us together. It's something that unifies us. It's something that we all understand. And through it, we realize, hey, this is the holiday season. And today I want to talk with you a little bit about this carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. So um, luckily for you, I'm not going to sing it. Uh, I'm going to read it. But would you just listen to these lyrics really quickly with me? The carol reads this, Hark the Herald Angels Sing in glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth's and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise and join the triumph of the skies. With the angelic host proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. And so a little bit of history on this carol. It was written back in 1739. So for literal hundreds of years, we have been singing this song, celebrating this idea. It was written by two really foundational leaders within that time, uh, Charles Wesley and George Whitefield. Uh, They were uh, really um, foundational within the Methodist movement that was happening. And they wrote this carol based off of a verse in Luke. And there's Luke, uh, he's one of the few that tells a very detailed story of Jesus' birth. And as he does, he's telling this moment where there's all these uh, shepherds just hanging out in the field doing, I really don't know what, they're just doing shepherd things. And um, as they're doing it, this angel just appears and he's like, hey, it's happening. Like the savior that you've been waiting for, the Messiah, he's being born, son of David, is coming, he's in Bethlehem, like go follow this star. And as the angel is telling the shepherds this, more angels just appear, an entire choir forms, and they start singing this praise to God. And it says this in Luke chapter 2, verse 14, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. This verse talks a lot about peace. The carol immediately initiates peace. The theme, if you haven't picked it up on yet, is peace. We just lit the peace candle. 
And when Brian gave me this topic of talking about peace on earth, my genuine and honest reaction was, is this a joke? Like, are we, are we really going to try to talk about peace on earth right now in this season? And because I thought about it and I was like, Jesus did a lot of great things. Peace on earth is not something that we're experiencing right now. There's wars, there's conflict, there's COVID, there is disagreements, there's racism, there's misogyny. Like, I could go through a list and tell you why our world does not feel peaceful right now. So I was like, okay, pause. Well, did Jesus, at least, if anything else, did he bring peace on PCC? Like, when people come onto our campus, when people within our community show up, is there this sense of peacefulness? And to be honest, I don't think so. We're going through a lot of change. We have lost a lot of people. There are questions. There is fear. There is anxiety. There is this giant unknown in front of us. And I don't think peacefulness is the feeling we all have right now in this time. So then I was like, okay, well, did Jesus, did Jesus at least, if anything else, did he bring peace in the holiday season? Like, can we just say for the month of December, we're all peaceful? And no, I'm sorry, wrong. Um, as someone who is now newly married, uh, the holiday seasons only get more stressful the more of an adult that you become. We're thinking, okay, there's travel plans, there's food, who's cooking what, you have gifts to buy. There's all this like rumors about back orders and if, like, if you don't order it now, it's never going to get here and then you're stressing out and then you're like, hey, if this family member comes and this family member comes at Christmas, there's going to be drama, there's going to be conflict, it's going to be awkward. Like, there's a lot around the holiday season that is just not peaceful. Or maybe for you, there's just this anxiety of being like, man, the holidays are just all about family and, and my family is just really stressful right now and it's just full of anxiety. Or maybe there's been a loss in your family and you're like, man, this is the first Christmas without somebody. And now there's just sadness here in the holiday season. Like there is not a lot of peace in our world right now. And I was just sitting in that and thinking, okay, if, if peace is so foundational to what we believe, if it is something that Isaiah prophesied about Jesus, that he was going to come and be the prince of peace, if we talk about verses in scripture that say the peace of God is going to surpass all human understanding, if peace is so foundational to who we are as followers of Jesus, why don't we experience it? Why is it not common? Why is it not everywhere? And I kind of come to the conclusion of, I think we just have a bad definition of peace. When I was a kid, I used to think that peace just meant like harmony. So when I would sing this Christmas carol, I was like, all right, peace on earth. Once, once all the wars are over, then we've done it. Peace on earth is here. There's no more conflict. There's no more tension, harmony. And I thought about that and I was like, no, it's not the peace that Jesus is talking about because then there's still this internal wrestling of peacelessness. So I was like, okay, um, is peace then happiness? Like if everybody just chose to be happy and everyone said, today I'm going to be happy and that just overflowed into everything else that we did, would we then experience peace? And I was like, no, because that doesn't address some of just the relational tensions that we feel that isn't the peace that Jesus is talking about. And so I was like, okay, what if it's just rest? Like if everybody just stopped and the collective world took a big deep breath and exhaled and was just restful for a moment, would that be peace on earth? And I was like, no, because that's momentary. And the peace that Jesus talks about is eternal, and it's infinite, and it doesn't end. So what 
is peace. And I read this definition, and it has changed the way I viewed this season, this advent, this idea that what if peace is a sense of safety and a sense of security in Jesus in the midst of chaos? What if peace is a sense of safety and a sense of security, regardless of the fact that we still live in a chaotic world? And so today, I want to look at a passage where I see Jesus do this. And I want to just talk about it. I want to see how did Jesus actually bring peace on earth? So if you have a Bible with you, if you want to use one of the Pew Bibles, go ahead and open up to Mark chapter 5. If you're new with us, this is your first time here, either online or in person. You don't know what the Gospel of Mark is. It's a book in the New Testament. It's one of four Gospels that just tells the story of Jesus, of his ministry, of what he did. If you're flipping around thinking, I don't know where to go, you can turn in a pew Bible to page 1006 and get there a little bit faster. Um, But just a little context for you about what's happening in this passage. Because in Mark chapter 4, Jesus and the disciples, they get in a boat. They're hanging out, they're sailing across the Sea of Galilee, which is actually a lake. And as they are sailing across this big wind and this storm arise, and the disciples do what the disciples always do, and they freak out. They just start losing their minds. I just imagine them like running around the boat like, wah! Like, what do we do? Jesus, help! You know? Um, And Jesus kind of just stands up, super calm as usual, and he just tells the winds and the waves to be still. And immediately they died down and the disciples are just sitting there in awe. Like, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? And then we get to Mark chapter 5, verse 1. And it says this, they came to the other side of the sea to the country of Gerasenes. And I want to stop there for a second because a little bit more context is needed. Gerasenes is this place on the other side of the sea that is known for being a pagan world. Everything about Gerasenes was pagan. It was a part of a region called Decapolis, which is just these 10 different cities that were all very pagan. And what I mean by pagan is that they just did not follow the customs of Yahweh. They did not follow the rules of Israel. They did not follow any of the teachings of God. They were, in every way, separated, unclean, dirty. In any way that they could be, they were considered sinners and sinful. This was the sinful land. No Israelite would ever willingly go over here. And yet, this is where Jesus decides to go. And so Jesus gets there and it says this, And when he, being Jesus, had stepped out of the boat, immediately a man out of the tombs with an unclean spirit met him, And this is where I really want to sit in. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain, for he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and he broke the irons on his feet and no one was strong enough to subdue him at night. And night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and he would cut himself with stones. There's other gospels that say that this man was naked. So I'm just imagining a naked man sprinting over at Jesus, screaming out of the tombs. And um, I used, when I would teach this passage to middle schoolers or high schoolers, just to lighten it up a bit, I would call this guy Crazy Dave. Because I was like, ah, you know, he's a little crazy, kind of out there. Also, I think subconsciously, I had just met Dave LaRock, and there might have been like a little connection there as well. But I don't know for sure. But anyway, this guy comes running out, and as I looked at his description, everything about me was like, this man's life is in chaos. This guy is just in every way chaotic. His life is out of tune. And I don't think, and this man is unique because he had these demons within him. But I think if we looked around us in our sphere of influence, we would see people who are isolated, who are lonely, 
who have been betrayed by friends or by family, people who are hurting with mental illness to the point of self-harm, people who are crying out a day and night for help. This man's chaos is something I think we all experience today. His life is chaotic. Our world is chaotic. And so this man gets out and he sees Jesus and he comes right to him and, and he's like, Jesus, what do you want with me? And Jesus just responds with asking him, hey, what's your name? And he responds with, I am legion for we are many. Because he had multiple demons living within him. And then the demons are begging Jesus like, hey, please, 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 please don't send us out into the void. Like send us out into these pigs. And Jesus grants it. Jesus said, okay, do it. These demons leave. They go into these pigs. These pigs run down a hill and they drown themselves. And I remember the first time I ever heard this passage and my mind was like, what is happening in the Bible? Like this is, this is not the Bible stories I felt like people usually talk about when we talk about like the Bible. And I was like, my mind's like going crazy. And I'm, someone is like teaching this passage and my friend Ben is sitting next to me. And I think you can see my eyes getting wider. And he just leans over to me like super casual. He's like, this is my favorite Bible story. And I was like, what? I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah. And I was like, what do you mean your favorite Bible story? He's like, I would ask my mom to read this to bed to me every night. And I was like, are you kidding me, man? Like, you want to go to bed with dreams of like demons and pigs. Like, I'm so confused on your life right now. And I was like, all right, dude, I got a bite. Like, why? Like, why do you love this Bible story so much? And then he leans in a little bit closer and he whispers. He's like, I hate pigs. And I was like, you're joking. And I think, I think there was like one person around us who also heard him say this and she like loved pigs in her face of like shock of like, what? And like everything was just going on. And I was like, dude, this is one of the funniest interactions I've ever had. But this passage is just crazy. Like there is so much that is going on. There is so much here, but Jesus eventually like removes these demons. They go into the pigs. And then it says this in verse 14, It says, those who were tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and in the countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by legions of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. I want you to see how drastically different the description of this man is now. Where he first came out screaming, running, hurting himself, And now for the first time, he is sitting closed in his right mind in the presence of Jesus. Like when we talk about peace on earth, we're talking about this right here. That there are broken and chaotic people that live around us who desperately need to feel a sense of safety and a sense of security in the presence of Jesus. And that can only come from him. That when we sing these carols, when we talk about Advent, when we prepare our minds and our hearts for Jesus to bring peace on earth, this is what Jesus does. This is the peace that he brings. And I want to address just the elephant in the room really quick. That just because we have an encounter with Jesus doesn't mean the scars go away. This man is still covered in the scars of his harm and his hurt. Even Jesus, when he came back from the dead, when he rose again, he still had the scars and the wounds on his hands and on his feet to show Thomas exactly what he went through for his salvation. These scars don't go away. And I want to take a few minutes 
and this is not a comprehensive list, but I just want to address just some of the scars in this room, that if you're someone who's experienced sexual abuse, I'm sorry. It's not your fault. And yet that is a scar that'll be there for a while. If you're someone in this room uh, who's a woman who's maybe been hurt by the Bible or by church leaders, who have used it to put you in a box that you don't fit in or you don't belong in, I'm sorry. The Bible is never made to be used as a weapon, and yet it easily can be. Or if you're someone who struggles with addiction, or you have a family member who struggles with addiction, the hurt and the betrayal that comes with that, I'm sorry. And again, I can't promise that in the midst of Jesus, all of this chaos or scars are going to go away, but I can guarantee that Jesus is still getting out of the boat and running right at you because he wants to be your sense of safety and he wants to be your sense of security, even in the midst of this chaos. And so I want to ask and remind us that if peace isn't harmony, peace is safety and security, For those of you that don't feel peaceful right now, what are you trying to create peace with? Like, are you looking for the safety? Are you looking for security in something else? Is it finances? Is it relationships? Is it your job? Is it just a sense of like, hey, somewhere I might belong? Like, what are you looking for to give you a sense of safety and security? And could this week be a time where you pause and ask Jesus, hey, will you be this sense of safety and security for me? Will you do what only you can do? The other question I have for us as a congregation, as a community as a whole, is I I used to think that the funniest part about this story when I would tell it to students is the fact that Mark never mentions the disciples getting out of the boat. So I just imagine they like row up, Jesus jumps out, there's a screaming guy coming at him, and all the disciples are like, nope, like this is not, this isn't what we signed up for. I'm a little creeped out right now. Um, And now as I think about it, I think it's just one of the most heartbreaking realities of this passage. To be someone who is hurting in a chaotic world, desperately needing help and watching the disciples of Jesus sit in a boat for one of two reasons, probably. One, they were either too afraid of the person to get out and meet them. Or two, they didn't want to go onto a sinful land and become unclean themselves. And there are countless people within our city who will never set foot in a church again because they have watched the disciples of Jesus stay in their comfortable boat and not get out and meet them in the midst of the chaos. And if we're going to be people who wants to bring peace, who wants others to experience the reality that Jesus can be their safety and their security, then we also need to be people who are willing to get out of the boat and meet them in the fear and in the unknown and in the change This is what Jesus gives us an opportunity to do. So what if peace at PCC wasn't ironic? Like what if this was a place where people really came and they felt peaceful? They felt safe and secure in Jesus regardless of the chaos that was going on around them. That is my hope. That has been my prayer for our community and for this congregation. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online 
at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC. <laughs>